Movies and chill with Zach and Dill. That'll get my giggle box going. Movies and chill with Zach and Dill. Our pets' heads are falling off. Movies and chill. Stop with Zach and Dill. Ever dance with the devil in the pale moonlight? Movies and. It seems to run on some form of electricity. Chill. What the sorry. Zach and Dill. Spartans. The great Oz has spoken. Who is a chill? Get to the podcast now. Hey, thanks for listening in. Uh, Zach and Dill's podcast, Movies and Chill. Uh, we're getting into Adam Sandler today and his ins and outs and uh, quirks and goods and bads and all that good shenanigans. Um, hope you have a good time. Give us some feedback. want to continue to hear our podcasts because they're they're good right Zach right anything else nope that's good I can't wait to do this all right so let's just jump right in what is your experience with Adam Sandler Uh, honestly it all started out with uh, the CDs he put out like uh, they're all gonna laugh at you was his first one I think I I think you probably showed me that yeah I let you borrow them but you weren't into him at no, all. No, I, I wasn't, and, and that surprised me. But it's not that he's not funny. It's that in that setting, I didn't want to, I don't know, listen to him for 50 minutes or whatever it was. And it just wasn't the same kind of humor as watching him on TV. I think he's a very physical comedian. I don't know. I, so I died laughing at all the skits he did on those. Well, the, 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 sk- the, the hot water burn baby. Yeah. I remember that one. <laughs> That one, How baby. About a baby. How about a bum baby? How about a bum baby? No, no. <laughs> Hot water burn baby. <laughs> that one, that one made me laugh out loud. Well, we when we started listening to him, I was in high school, and the things that made us laugh the most was like in the first album that he did, like a bunch of skits of, and now a severe beating of a high school janitor, <laughs> and like. <laughs> And they basically made all the sounds of a janitor getting beat up. And, like, it was crazy how much they put into it. He put into, like, you know, crunching of bones and stuff like that. They made it sound good. And they did it, like, multiple times. But it was always funny because he would always, like, literally when he's he's doing his voice and he's saying, uh, he's doing a janitor, he's going, mop, 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 all day long. And he's singing a song. And then all of a sudden you just hear... Okay. You hear somebody coming. Walking up. And he's like, hey, don't walk there. I just mopped. And it's hilarious. The, the whole thing goes through. Adam Sandler <laughs> was discovered by Bill Cosby. Hmm. Say what you will about that. You know, what, what Bill Cosby is today. I'm one of those people that think that art and a person's life is something completely different. Uh, I I can appreciate the Cosby show and also acknowledge that Bill Cosby did some terrible things. That's probably the, I hope that's the only morbid thing we talk about today. Seriously. But I I have to make that clear before people are like, you can't like Bill Cosby. You know what he did. And I don't want anybody to sound like that because that sounds really ridiculous. But um, truly, like he was, he was a high school kid in Bill Cosby's show. And they called him Smitty, which I think is so perfect. And he was, he was like the, in the group of boys, uh, was the kid's name Teddy? The what was Bill Cosby's son's name? Theo. So they did call him Teddy, right? 
at some point, or was that just maybe me? his friends did? I don't know. I think it was always Theo. I just remember Theo or Teddy or something, whatever. But yeah, Theo. I didn't make that up. Don't give me that look. <laughs> that was legit. I heard Teddy at some point. I know what I heard. Anyway, it was like Theo's friend, yeah. one of his friends. And he was like the one that would step in and go, Are we going to the party later? Abby Doobie? He didn't sound like that. I'm just yeah. kidding. Um, he hadn't developed the Abby Doobie yet. He was on, I think it was five episodes he was on the Cosby show, according to IMDb. And then he did his, he was still doing his stand up. He hadn't really been discovered yet. Dennis Miller, big time SNL guy, comes along and he discovers him and he's like, Lauren, you gotta, Lauren Michaels, you gotta like ab this guy. He's so talented. And the rest is history. So 91 through 95, he's on SNL. An incredible time to be on Saturday Night Live. Some of the other people like David Spade, Chris Farley, Chris Rock, amazing talents. Phil Hartman. Am I missing anybody amazing on that show? Because there were so many good people in that run. Will Ferrell was towards the end of that run. Will Ferrell was like at the 95. Five, wasn't he? Was uh, John Lovett still there with him? I think that was right like, at the end. He's right at John the end because he's yeah. there. He was there with Phil Hartman. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I think that was that was at the end of that run. So many good, like the best of mm-hmm. SNL. Like it's their meat and potatoes. Is that genre right there, or not genre? You know what I'm trying to say? Like that that time frame. Well, it brought him back from like a doll period. Because they had a doll period there for a while where yeah. people kind of watched, but not really. Because their skits were funny, few and far between. But once they got to those guys, it became more, more, more talked about. Even today, that's yeah. how SNL is today. Like it'll yeah. ebb and flow, like with with characters that come in and, and new talent. I think when Belushi left, and uh, and by left I mean died, and then uh, Gilda Radner died, mm-hmm. and like there was a lot of different people uh, that Chevy Chase was pretty much fired. Mm-hmm. There's so many different things that happened there. Steve Martin, the show was absolutely not the same. Was Steve Martin, I don't think he was on the show. He was no, just, he just hosted a lot. Yeah, he was a host so many times. And then later, uh, Alec Baldwin would fill that role of being like the host all the time. And they would, like, Sweaty Balls was one of the funniest mm. skits that they had. It was hilarious. What is uh, we're talking about SNL a lot? What was what was his best skit? We can just go right into that. Adam Sandler. Yeah, Adam oh. Sandler. Bring it, bringing it back to the Sandman. I would say the mo- I don't know the most memorable one is probably uh, Smith's Gay. Oh man. Yeah, but I mean like Phil Hartman with the with <laughs> with the dubbing, the voice dubbing. Like, yeah. Like grab a bottle of Schmidt's Gay. I mean, he's got like Canteen Boy. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah. Opera Man. That was Alec Baldwin, right? Yeah. Canteen Boy. Canteen Boy. Yeah, he was the, ca- the counselor. Oh my god. Yeah. I didn't even think about that. You know what I was thinking? Mm-hmm. Um, I was thinking about. Uh, I jotted a couple of them down. I was thinking about Opera Man, Lunch yeah. Lady, and anything with Chris Farley. Hilarious. Like when they're in the mall and they're all girls. Yeah, that's a good one. Or when they're doing the old couple. Uh, oh, yeah. The old couple. Re- <laughs> doing the reviews. The Zagat. Yeah, Zagat. That's what it is. <laughs> yes. Dude, that was the best. That's the best one. The He's like, the whole time he's like, give me cancer now, God. Yeah. <laughs> he put the one point, remember he pulls again out. Just give me the strength. <laughs> And then, then the next time she says something, he points it at her, and it's. <laughs> <laughs> I, like, 
I think that one was so funny because he broke. Uh-huh. Like he was like yeah, laughing. Yeah. He couldn't even keep a straight face. Yeah. I don't even know how they do that though, honestly. Like how would you keep a straight face next to Chris Farley? The funniest human know. being on the planet at the time. Yeah. I feel like he had a lot of practice, especially dealing with him because you know, he did break sometimes, but yeah, there's a lot of times like how did yeah, how wouldn't you not break for all the stuff <laughs> he does cuz he purposely is trying to get you to. Like Chris Farley sounds that is correct. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad we put that on there. Yeah, because I now, you know, when talking about the CDs, like I said, I'm pretty sure he did the, he started those when he was on SNL, but I don't know. Because, like I said, mm-hmm. I discovered the CDs first. Well, Emma's our uh, crack research team, like a solo crack research team. Could you tell us when the CDs came out? Open on Lafayette came out in 93. 93, that's right in the middle of his SNL run. Okay, see, that's when I first... Found Thank you, Emma. Mm-hmm. That's hilarious. Yeah. That's, I think he he felt comfortable enough to put his material on a CD and yeah. just with his friends. Yeah, that was. Like I said, those who were, who like, were on the CD? There were other people um, on the CD. Farley but. was on it. I know uh, that Tim Hurley. He was on it. Really? Yeah. No kidding. Um, um, there's. Oh your, my gosh! Look at that list. He's got. He had a ton of people. Emma on comes that. through. David in Spade. The clutch. I, I know a lot. Conan of O'Brien. Uh, yep. He was Conan was a writer. Yeah. During Sandler's tenure there. Wow, man. There's a ton of people yeah, on he, there. Yeah. He got a bunch of people to help him out with it. Some of them are nobodies, but I knew Alan I think, Covert was going to be on there. I think the the I think the first ones when they do. Um, is it Fatty McGee? And he wheezes <laughs> in the library. And then that's where you can really hear the other people that are helping him, their actual voice, because they're just using their regular voice being like people in the library. Yeah. And you just hear, you hear, you just hear the pounding of him walking. <laughs> and then <it> goes, <laughs> I need to he go He wheezes back. so hard that he, put, he sets chance. off the fire alarm. Or like the the no, he doesn't set off the fire alarm. The fire department thinks he's the alarm, so they come to the school. To, <laughs> <laughs> That's so bad. But yeah, that I mean, those are the, the CDs. The CDs really hit, you know. Especially I'm in high school, so I've never heard his name before. I did the, the CDs, and then after that, I started paying attention to Sarah Lime. So the, a lot of the guys I knew and stuff, but it was the CDs that really got him. I was never a CD guy. Mm. I mean, like, stand-up comedy was a foreign thing as a kid for me. Growing up, and even as a teenager, like, I didn't have a CD until college. And I think the first one I bought was Bill Cosby. Oh, really? And then from there, I branched out to more contemporary. I got Dane Cook, Daniel Mm. Tosh. Uh, Those were the kinds that I I really got into. But I never really, like, went back to Adam Sandler's. I the ones I I my mom and I started out with uh, Eddie Murphy. Oh my gosh! And then Richard Pryor, and yeah. then Sinbad. Um, Sinbad. I did have a Sinbad one yeah. too. Sinbad was pretty much the same kind of in comic. As, I can't as really think of Cosby. anybody else that I had a CD or anything from until his Adam Sandler. Yeah, that's CD. that's what I'm saying. Like yeah. you, you were like big into the the stand up, and uh-huh. while I was listening to like Smash Mouth. Yeah. You know, like music was the thing. Unfortunately. Yes. I know, I'm sorry. I, I did have to tell you that. Like, that's a thing that I did go out and buy with my chore money. And I feel you can buy a whole CD just for it. one song. That's yeah, and back in the day, that was when they had just started. This is a funny story. They, they just started the, uh, the, the E for the, like, to tell you that it was explicit. They oh, put the yeah. E on the CDs. That started in the 90s. Yeah. And 
it it was like I had to like retroactively hide the CDs that I already had <laughs> yeah. from my mom uh-huh. because if she saw that E, it was like a death sentence. That yeah. CD was now taken away. Yeah. yeah. Uh, anyway, I thought that was so funny growing up. Like I didn't. Quick question because I know you looked it up. Um, what what was his first movie he did? That official first movie that was him. Going overboard, yeah, was the one, and it was in 1989. Okay, this so that's was, just before. Yeah, yeah, okay. He plays some clearly a Jewish kid named Shecky Moscow Mouskowitz. Shecky Mouskowitz, like what a terrible movie name. But I don't. I never saw the movie. But his first, like, I would. I wouldn't even say like. Then he did Shakes the Clown, where he plays a character yeah. named Dink the Clown. We were talking about this the other day. And this is a Bobcat Goldthwaite movie, mm-hmm. and he's just like a, a supporting role. He's not even in the top like four Bill, Bill no. casts. Uh, and then he was in uh, Coneheads, uh, but they did Airheads, and I would argue that Airheads is his first large. Yeah, because he's actually even though it's supporting, he's a major character. Oh, he's one of the three main. Yeah, characters. yeah he's the main character. Yeah, I forgot about Airheads. I love that movie. Yeah, I freaking love that movie. Brendan yeah. Fraser, whenever yeah. he's whenever he was like not. A broken down actor. Like yeah. I feel bad for Brendan Fraser, but I, I just think it's sad because we never got to see the Mummy Seven or whatever. <laughs> you know. Anyway, going back, Airheads was was uh, I think his big break, and he didn't even say much because Pip was a very quiet yeah. character. I was just, <laughs> until they were teaching him how to be be hard. Yeah, Remember that Steve Buscemi in the yeah, truck. yeah. That was another. The Steve Buscemi was the third guy. Yeah, and talk about like an off the wall. Like you would not think Steve Buscemi would be like the third rocker. Yeah, exactly. You see him now, it's like that was him. Yeah, it's like, yeah. He that was, he was good in that. Yeah, uh, he he was in the movie Mixed Nuts with Steve Martin. Yeah, I don't even remember that. Mm, I think I, I, I might have saw that movie, maybe. but. I yeah. don't remember a, a lick of it at all. And and then he was in Billy Madison in 95. That was when he stepped away. Mm-hmm. And that was a huge career move. Stepping away from SNL to yeah. do a movie, it was, not a lot of people did that and did it well. Yeah. Look at, I, I mean, think that's Even the thing. Chevy Chase did his like National Lampoon's run, mm-hmm. and he had some movies. But look at what happened eventually is he kind of fizzled out, and he went into obscurity. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the fear is that when you leave SNL, you're leaving a very comfortable place. That's just my opinion. I'm not a. It's I'm really not a easy actor. exposure. Yeah, it's right? easy exposure. So when you go off on your own, now you got to hope people follow you off of that. And I feel like, I don't know how, no clue how it did, but I know when it came out, everybody talked about it. Right. And and like I listened to Conan O'Brien's podcast, which you know I have to because professionally he's my. You know, he's my uh, podcast brother, okay. and so we're on the same level and probably have the same amount of listeners, I would say. We, we have probably in the millions <laughs> by now. But he, he was talking to uh, another SNL alum about, like, the enormous pressure of doing a show and pitching, like, skits for a little bit on, a, on an SNL, like, like on a Saturday mm-hmm. night. You know, that's when all you see is the Saturday night. You don't see the Tuesday when they grind and talk about oh, yeah. what the heck they're going to do mm-hmm. in five days. Billy Madison, we're getting into like his early career. It reminds me, Billy Madison reminds me of what Ace Ventura did for Jim Carrey. 
It was like mm-hmm. Jim Carrey was a was a stand-up comic and you knew who he was and you knew he was a very physical comedian, but you didn't know that he could carry a movie. And like Adam Sandler, he was on a TV skit show. Yes. In Living Color where he started to build that's, his popularity. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. Thank you. And then when... Because that's where I found him was through that and then I didn't even know he was a stand-up I saw him on the living color okay then. so I saw him as a stand-up yeah. first which is hilarious because yeah. you're the one that was in the stand-up scene yeah but I love that show and then in living was, color it was underrated it's better than mad TV but not as good as SNL that's my oh, it's opinion insane uh, but I it's think hilarious. it's funny so yeah Jim Carrey was like uh we got like fire marshal bill we got like memorable characters from his stand-up that transitioned into in living color mm-hmm that's what I see Adam Sandler. That's mm-hmm. how he started. Is they somebody gave him a chance. Yeah. And he ran with it. He was basically he played himself in Billy Madison. He was Adam Sandler. He was mm-hmm. the quirky, you know, like he when he's in the bathtub. Shampoo is better. I go on first and clean the hair. Conditioner is better. I leave the hair silky and smooth. Oh really fool. Really? <laughs> I, Stop looking at me, Swan. Oh my God, there's more. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Stop looking at me, Swan. Billy Madison is, it made $25 million. And the budget, though, was only $10 million, which is insane. Like, that is a low-budget movie, $10 million. When you look at, look at this movie, mm-hmm. um, you can kind of see where... You know, if you look way down the line to grown-ups, like grown-ups too, especially, mm-hmm. you all the random stuff in Billy Madison basically got turned into a movie by itself. When you Almost. Because yeah. you think about it, Billy Madison has storyline, but had random stuff in there. You know, when he's got like his friends that are always, he's always drunk, but like even after he decides to focus, they're still there drunk at his place. It's it's what it seems to me in all the, the quirkiness and zaniness in this movie that he clearly had a creative control mm-hmm. over this movie because essentially you're watching Adam Sandler's comedy from from the CDs mm-hmm. come to life right like the whole premise of the movie is ridiculous you, you can and yeah you can say that because in the, he's got just skits in those CDs so like just to kind of give you an example he does that song at the end where he's like he's gonna get, he's gonna do it he's gonna he win and then all, all of a sudden now nowhere the clown he <laughs> fell earlier and all of a sudden hey kids <laughs> you thought I was dead <laughs> he's that's so up. that's so gross humor they, yeah. yeah I know I mean it's just the random stuff that just jumps in there <laughs> he, or like he's like you bleeding know, from the mouth yeah like he fell a long time ago and like they just <laughs> now brought him back up and then he just he sings about having a hemorrhage in his head it's yeah just, yeah and it's just this song and then the, the girl and it's like don't I have a nice wreck yeah and he's like mm, yes you do yeah like it's such a dumb song or just like the Valentine's Day where the principals subbing in and they're giving out Valentine's and the girls are Valentine's and he gives them about like it's just stuff like that yeah. like why are we <laughs> and, and to the like normal viewer of a movie it's so off the wall that, that some people were put off by it like a lot of people immediately were like I hate Adam Sandler because of this movie and it drives them nuts it's 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 irritating to some people that style of comedy. 
The next movie, if we're good with moving yeah, on, yeah, go ahead. This, there's a lot of movies. Yeah. He did Bulletproof Monk. Or no, that's not. I'm sorry. Just, I got a backtrack. Just bulletproof. I, I I added more to the movie than there really was. <laughs> there was no monk in that movie. It yeah. was just bulletproof. It was one of the Wayne's brothers, right? Yeah, Damon. I never saw that movie. Oh, was it any it. good? It's a good movie. It's Adam Sandler in an action movie. Okay. So kind of like. But uh, I I just to kind of give you an interesting point. When that movie came out, I had a couple people I knew that really liked him. Didn't like that movie. So I literally went through and just. Reed said the movie to them, mm-hmm. and then they but they just must have been so used to Am Sandler movies being what they were. It was hard for them to watch an action movie without Am Sandler. Well, see, there's movies on this list, yeah, that are not Happy Madison. Yeah, and, and I know we're we're still before Happy Madison. Bullet, was made, actually, but like that Bulletproof movie was is not. One of, one of my favorite because they're the interaction between those two is great. Well, sure, it's like Rush Hour, yeah. or. Uh, Sean William Scott, wasn't he in uh, Walking Tall with The Rock? Yes. Like you got that comedy and the action star. But this was interesting because you took two comedy guys and the one guy, Damon Wayans, actually played this more serious guy. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Isn't he the more serious of the two, though? Yeah. Yeah. But he still does stuff in the movie that adds to the, you know, humor. But it wasn't like Beverly Hills Cop. No, with like Eddie Murphy. No, no, no. That well, because that was just all him. Right. And then he had side. This was actually two stars. One was being more of the comedy himself, and then he, Damon Wayans, was being more of a serious role. But his interaction with him was more comedy. So it was. It was really. It's a good movie. Yeah, I it's need a really, it. really good movie. I, it's on my to do list. It's a really good movie. It's it's definitely on my to do list. I haven't got around to seeing. There's it. a lot of movies he did that were not his. I like like when you you posed the question on the site like favorite movies, and mm-hmm. I was trying to really look at it and like honestly, one of my favorite movies is his that he's in is Punch Drunk Love. Yeah, that's I on love the list. that movie. Just because Spanglish, I like that. movie That's too. one of my favorite yep. movies. Spanglish. I like that too. I love when he gets to play the serious role, but what kind of irritates me, and it's it's just a product of how popular he is I hate it when you watch a movie like Click which mm-hmm. is one of my favorite Adam Sandler movies and it's so serious and, and like it kind of tugs at you a little bit mm-hmm. and like I, I did I teared up when he's talking to his son yeah. towards the end and he's like dying and, and you know spoiler alert he doesn't really die but I, I really felt in that moment Mom! but then that's the moment right there that he takes the time to like do a, a fart joke, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Yeah. And and so like I understand it's Adam Sandler, and it's a comedy movie. Mm-hmm. But I feel like when he tries to transition into that dramatic role, he almost like can't help himself. Mm-hmm. It's like it's too serious for him. So I think that's why he almost has to step away from mm-hmm. his production company yeah. to do a role. Like Punch Drunk Love, yeah, or even Bulletproof Monk, where he's allowed to be funny. He's still correct. Say Monk again. Bulletproof. What, what is Bulletproof wrong? Monk? Is a mo- another it is movie. A movie. And it's got Sean William Scott, and it's a funny movie yeah. about the action. So it's like I'm, I have that movie stuck in my head. That's not the movie we're talking about. We're gonna get so much feedback. Like he wasn't in Bulletproof Monk. No, no, people dummy. Are so angry, they're gonna be picketing. <laughs> and, oh man, uh, this is probably a good time to take a break. I think um, that we have a lot more to say, but we're, we're just getting into the cusp of uh, what makes Adam Sandler really great. So if you stick around, we'll talk about it a little bit more.
talking about more things. Yeah, Adam Sandler. Adam Sandler stuff. Yeah. Uh, Bulletproof was the last thing we ended up on. Uh, there's no monks in that movie. Yeah. Uh, Happy Gilmore also came out that year. So, Billy Madison made 25 million. Happy Gilmore made 41, with a similar budget. Mm-hmm. I think it, I think it may be a little bit higher budget, but uh, Emma, do you have the numbers on the on like the budget for Happy Gilmore? 12 million. So really, only two million extra, and they made uh, a good return on that. And then they did Bulletproof later that year, and then the movie that I think. I don't know if people realize this or not, but Wedding Singer came out. Mm-hmm. And that movie kind of stapled him to the industry because it was more than just poop jokes yeah. and slapstick humor. All of a sudden, he's this serious leading role mm-hmm. who was funny. He did yeah. funny things in the movie, but it wasn't a comedy in the sense that he's doing the slapstick routine. Mm-hmm. And he can sing. That's what people didn't realize. Even from SNL, he had sung songs that were silly, mm-hmm. like the Hanukkah song yeah. and, and the Lunch Lady. But hearing him sing at the end of that movie yeah. is one of the most iconic Adam Sandler moments of his career. So that movie really set him apart from like, okay, this guy can be somewhat serious. Yeah. In the same way that I'm going to go back to the, the Jim Carrey comparisons for a little bit. So Jim Carrey does Ace Ventura. And then he does Dumb and Dumber and The Mask. The Mask, by the way, got him $10 million. Mm-hmm. And he earned it. Like, that was his first big role that was like, we're not sure what this is going to be. And then he does, a little bit later, he does uh, Liar Liar. Mm-hmm. And the Liar Liar movie is, that's his wedding singer moment. Is like he's putting himself out there as a comedian, still a physical comedian. But it's a much more serious role, which is weird to say about Liar Liar because it's definitely a, a true blue comedy. But you know what I mean? Like his character is a somewhat serious person. So it's a different style of comedy for him. But anyway, back to uh, Adam Sandler. I think there's a lot of comparisons between him and Jim Carrey. Their careers yeah. are very similar in that way. But what did you think of Happy Gilmore? It was I liked it. I thought it, I got a kick out of it because... Not as sporadic as Billy Madison, more of a straight story. But there were still just moments that were absolutely silly. Yeah, there was definitely stuff in there. Yeah, you know, he threw in there. But it was, it was, it was. I thought I liked it. It was kind of an interest. It was really like funny. It was a real funny story. Is that Uh, Billy D. Williams that plays? No, 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 no. It's who is um, is the guy? It's Carl Weathers. Carl, yeah, Carl Weathers. Yeah, Um, yeah, from Predator and yeah. I couldn't remember who was the guy that played um, Chubbs. Chubbs. Yeah, Chubbs. Thank you, Emma. Mm. Chubbs. Yeah, and that that character itself was, was just silly. Yeah. Like the idea that a golfer would lose his hand to an alligator. Yeah. <laughs> the whole thing was just silly. But I. But um, it's a good story because it, it sets up a joke. Like my mom didn't want me to do anything physical. He's like, and he grabs his hand. All right, good choice. Yeah, good <laughs> choice. And, and there's uh, one of the best lines in the movie. <laughs> That's a classic movie. Classic movie. I really, uh, I really think that that movie was funnier than Billy Madison in a lot of ways. And he was even allowed to, to be like a different kind of. Yeah. He was just angry. It was. It was, angry it was a comic. fun concept of taking a hockey player and and like taking that same attitude and put it into the golf. 
where he wants to beat everybody up. Okay, let me say this about the writing. Yeah. So Adam Sandler, you see the plot, and and you just described it. The plot is literally a hockey player who becomes a golfer. Oh, yep. And you, you think of that, and you're like, that's the most simplistic, dumb plot I've ever heard. <laughs> but then you think about it, and you're like, could I write that? Yeah. Like, did I think of that idea? Yeah. No, that's the comic genius of Adam Sandler. Plus, on, you didn't think of it. And plus, on the on note, he, I, I'm pretty sure he likes both sports. Okay. Because <laughs> he plays hockey, and he... Well, his movies uh, do relate yeah. to his real life. Yeah, so exactly. So, like, his 80s soundtrack so he, he in said, every movie? Yeah. So, like, to him, he's like, I wonder if I could combine these and, like you said, and make a movie out of it. That's why I think, yeah. like, Grown Ups was the breaking point. We get down to a little later, 2010, we get to that point, and he's raking in money. Mm-hmm. And at that point, he's just like, what do I want to do for a movie? Ah, uh, let's get all my old SNL friends and just be weird yeah. at a campground. And that's all that movie is. There's no plot. That movie has no plot whatsoever. But, wait a minute, but, but it, it has it has more. Even though no plot, it has more of a plot than Grown Ups Two. Where right. That's oh my definitely God. goes just them the hanging out and doing stuff. Yeah, like it's it's insane. Like even the first one, all it is is like the, they're just there with their quasi families who are also comedians, and they're they're just cracking jokes at each other. So to put in some kind of a story, that's like. Okay, we'll play a basketball game against yeah, like the, the, old, guy, the old team. The whole concept. There, we have a story. The whole concept of a basketball game. <laughs> like, like they're in their 40s at this point. And, and, like, why would they want to go out and prove anything on the basketball court? The whole premise is idiotic. It's stupid. I know. But you get moments like Steve Buscemi going off on the, the, on the pool mm-hmm. slide thing. And he gets injured, like, and he has to have his arms up. And like, like who, who has ever gone to the doctor? Yeah, and, and had to be put in that position. But it's an Adam Sandler movie, mm-hmm. so you suspend all belief, understanding that this movie doesn't have to make sense. Yeah, to make me laugh. But you know this about me: the inner me is just screaming, like, this doesn't make sense. Why is this a thing? That's the funny part, because you know we jump ahead, but there's there's ones in there. Like, little Nicky. Yeah. What I do you? What do there. you? <laughs> you know the concept of that whole thing. We were close to little Nicky. So we, yeah. Wedding Singer was uh, ninety eight. Yeah. And that was his big break. One hundred twenty three million dollars. That movie made. And I'm gonna get to your point because you know I want to do it progressively. Waterboy was also in ninety eight. It made one hundred nine or one hundred eighty five million dollars. And then the next movie he did was Big Daddy. and made $235 million in 99. Mm. And then Little Nicky, to get to your point, this is his first flop. That movie made $58 million, and it cost $80 million to make. So go ahead with your point. What were you going to say the, about the, Little Nicky? Well, that's what I mean. It, it was really interesting to watch him go through all those movies and then when he got to little Nicky he just it feels like he just I need to I need to have chaos or I need to have just a just out there plot and everything and all the different weird stuff just it needs to be here like he missed it yeah for some reason like it almost it, felt like it feels like like Adam Sandler and Johnny Depp have the same agent yeah and in, in, in their conversations they're like oh what movie should I do next and then the agent's like you should completely be a different caricature in every movie. <laughs> and little Nicky, like, what yeah. should you... You should have this ridiculous lisp. Uh-huh. And, like, again, there's another one of these plots where... 
the plot is so stupid where, oh, the son of the devil goes to earth and he tries to save it from his brothers. Mm -hmm. It's so juvenile and stupid. But did you think of it? No. No. That, so, like, the genius behind it is, yeah. is insane. Yeah, yeah. But it's people great. really didn't like it. I, and I, I want to I know why. What are your thoughts on why Little Nicky did not do well? I feel like people... It's the difference between just doing a comedy and a dumb comedy or a stupid comedy where it's just supposed to be... Not necessarily fart jokes, but, like, that's what you usually said. It's just it's a stupid... Like, a good example is Aubrey. Me and Aubrey's difference in comedy is... Most of my comedies she doesn't watch because she calls them stupid comedies. Okay. It means it's just like everything is d- done to try to make you laugh. So, like, do fart jokes. That's I think that's the difference. I think people, if they like Adam Sandler, like some people do that. Like, if they follow somebody and they saw and they they don't like when they jump back or change because they forget about how they used to be. And I wonder if there's because a correlation. There's a correlation, I think, to when Adam Sandler does like an unbelievable character to win his movies bomb. Cause I think the, the, this movie, little Nicky, when he's like, Oh, I'm the shot at the devil. Mm-hmm. Like when he does this ridiculous voice, um, it takes you right out of the plot and it takes you, well, there wasn't much of a plot anyway, but it mm-hmm. takes you out of the movie. And it was really no different than some of the other movies. Like it was not different than, Happy Gilmore in that it had a loose plot and it was just silly or even The Waterboy The Waterboy had an original take and it was a sports movie but I think if you look down the list what does he what does he do in That's My Boy when that movie tanks when mm-hmm. he does a different voice mm-hmm. so I wonder if there's a correlation with like he's trying way too hard Jack and Jill was another one I feel like like I think you have a point there like it makes sense thinking about all those movies when he's doing it he's just doing his normal voice when he tries to become this different character it's yeah. like no it's like people reject uh, the idea yeah. of Adam Sandler that makes sense I, I, I see goofball. that yeah. not even the goof like goofy to the point of like that's not a real person there's not a person that exists on this planet that acts like Little Nicky. It's like uh, it's like if people look at it this way, it's like your best friend. You know, you like him the way he is. <laughs> yeah. And, and then okay. now your best friend's trying to act like this, and you hate it. Sure. You know that. Sure. That makes sense. You know that. So you had a point there. So that you know, yeah, maybe that's it. It wasn't. It's uh, it's only talked about if he's actually being Adam Sandler. Because even like uh, uh, Longest Yard. He he's not acting any different. He's just acting that character. He's being himself. Yeah, and that movie kill. Yeah, it, it's like a best friend almost. Yeah, like I like that and a lot. I think people, people in the general, like a person is different than a group. And a group, for the most part, they're going to be like, yeah, I don't like how he acted, because he's probably one of the few that I've never heard anybody go, I don't like his movie because he acts the same in every movie. They right. actually want him to do that. <laughs> Little Nicky yeah. hit him hard. Yeah. So he did Little Nicky in two thousand. And he didn't do another movie till Punch Drunk Love, 2002. Mm-hmm. And that movie was a complete different take. So he stepped away from his company. I know. And I, 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 never, I didn't watch it when it first came out, but when I finally got a chance to watch it. Mm-hmm. It's really good. <laughs> I freaking love that movie. It's a good movie. It's good. And, and he kind of felt like, okay, well, if Punch Drunk Love did okay, I'm safe in that. Mm-hmm. He went back to his safety net, though. Later that year, he did Mr. Deeds. Okay. And it made $171 million. So he still has it. 
he's still got it that it factor mm-hmm. that makes him popular people still want to go to the theater and see his movies it, Mr. Deeds kind of he kind of went back to his old formula yeah that's what it, I mean it, 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 and not yeah I'd say pretty close to Billy Madison formula would you say well or closer to but like but Billy Madison's a, uh, like a caricature yeah Happy Gilmore is a caricature Mr. One Deeds is, one is just, goofy okay. one is uh, angry and then, like the Water Boy, he's a caricature. Mm-hmm. Now, now, maybe Water Boy is the exception to the rule because he has a voice in that movie. But that, I think that movie, what really helped it, it, it was a sport movie. Yeah, that's true. When he does oh, a sport movie, yeah. I feel like he gets more, he gets more uh, leeway because people know, oh yeah, he's trying to be, he's trying to be a sport athlete or something like that. Like if he, I think if he did Water Boy and it had nothing to do with football, he it probably it would do. bomb. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's probably true. Oh. I, I, but I'll say like I don't think that Water Boy is Water Boy, Little Nicky, Billy Madison. They're all character movies, mm-hmm. caricature yeah. movies. And then you you go to Mr. Deeds, and it's a lot more like Wedding Singer or Big Daddy, Adam Sandler, where he's serious. The character himself is a serious character, but he has quirks, and the quirks are what make it work. Whereas the other movies, his character is so physical, and like he has a speech impediment or whatever. Like it's a different kind of Adam Sandler comedy. So Mr. D's made 171, then he does Eight Crazy Nights, and that didn't do well. Yeah, it was kind of a cult thing, like yeah. a cult following. Like I, yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah, like a lot of people did. Like it was his way of honoring his culture, mm-hmm. it, and it kind of stemmed from the Hanukkah song, mm-hmm. and so I kind of I kind of gloss over that one. Then he goes to anger management with Jack Nicholson, and I think that right here, in this moment, is when he gets to the A list star level mm-hmm. that we know him at. Mm-hmm. The other oh. movies didn't have much of a budget at all. At this point, though, anger management, which you wouldn't think would have a big budget, but it has to because Jack Nicholson's in it. Mm-hmm. So the, the movie cost $80 million to make, but it really didn't have special effects or a lot of, you know, whatever. It was a pretty straightforward movie, but because it had to pay Jack Nicholson, mm-hmm. it, it cost $80 million, and yeah. it makes 195 And I think this is when he starts to see, if I'm going to do these quirky movies... I really need to have star power behind me mm-hmm. to do it. He didn't have any star power till this movie. After he does anger management, he does Fifty First Dates, mm-hmm. which the chemistry he has with Drew Barrymore is incredible. Oh yeah, that's a great movie. And that is what led that movie, yeah. and that's what eventually led him to go back to her in Blended. Yeah. Like what was that? A decade later. Yeah. What did you? Yeah, what, exactly. What did you think later. of that? What did you think of that movie? I never saw Blended. It's a good movie. I need to see it's it. It's really... It's, I, I mean, we didn't... When we went to watch it, we didn't even know really what it was about. Yeah, that's kind of why I was Then scared. we started watching it, and it's like, wow, this it is. It's a really good movie. It's funny. It's not stupid, super stupid or anything like that. It's a you know, it's a funny movie. There's L- Let me tell you why I didn't see it. Okay. I'll tell you exactly why. Okay. So we're getting ahead in the list, but yeah. I didn't see it because I watched Grown Ups, yeah. and I loved it. But then he did just go with it, and I did. I, it was okay. Jennifer Aniston. I agree. I didn't really. It was okay. That didn't keep my interest. Yeah, yeah. No. It was. It was kind of like a. I feel a like safe, it could have. It was a safe I, movie. Yeah, yeah. He had a. He had a 
big, big star in Jennifer Aniston, yeah. and he played it safe. So it was it was an okay movie, yeah. but it wasn't great. Yeah. And then the next movies that he does, that's my boy, Jack and Jill. He did Hotel Transylvania, t- uh, but that's that's different. That's a cartoon. I, I don't really feel like those you can tie in with these because right, kids, right. You know, it's he's doing different. it for kids and stuff, and they're great movies. But so taking that one yeah. out, Jack and Jill, that's my boy, Grown Ups Two. Uh-huh. You can see why I'm like, uh. like at that point, people are just tired of the tropes. Mm-hmm. Like it got tired real quick. But you know, I, I do need to give Blended a chance. The Fifty First Dates, though, yeah. a really interesting take. That's another one of those quirky Adam Sandler plots mm-hmm. that seems stupid, but it's secretly genius. Okay, secretly really good. Yeah, and and he he kills it. And you get you get gems like Ten Second Tom. <laughs> oh yeah, you yeah, get you yeah. get like great little moments yeah. in there. But I think it was the right amount of silly. Mm-hmm. They didn't go over the top with it. One of my favorite parts in that movie is when at the end he's decided to leave her yeah. with the dad. Yeah, and the dad gives him the CD or uh, CD or record or whatever. Um, what is the song? I know you're you saying. know what I'm saying, and yeah. he's singing the song on the boat, yeah, and he's breaking down crying and like, yeah, I remember that, yeah, that that part is so Adam Sandler, where he's like crying but angry and mm-hmm. he's like, why did you give me this song, yeah. you son of a, like, yeah, that's the yeah. funny Adam Sandler, yeah, I love that movie completely. I could watch that anytime, and and I did like it. There was a time when it was on like TBS like every other night, and I would watch it. Adam Sandler movies are like that for me. Mm-hmm. Then he breaks out later that year. He does Spanglish, mm-hmm. and that's one of my favorite movies with him. Yeah, I um, like that a he lot. He steps away from his Happy Madison company and he does Spanglish, and I like that. It's a more serious take. He steps away from the role of like being the silly guy. I don't think he does. He even crack a joke like the whole movie. No, his more the things that make you laugh are just his his overreaction, his pain. Yeah, his pain, or even his overreaction. Because remember, like, there's the one part where he's sitting with the with the girl, and yeah. and he, the way he he's sitting, like it's like he's just getting turned on. He's like, "Will you stop sitting that way?" Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so most of his, <laughs> it's not necessarily cracking joke. It's just his reactions to her. Right, and he goes back in 2005. He goes back to The Longest Yard, mm-hmm. another sports movie. It's a remake. Yeah. This is a little different than the other ones because it's yeah. actually got precedent. Exactly. So, so he, yeah. he doesn't have, but this is what Adam Sandler does. He takes a movie that has precedent. The plot is exactly the same to the point that, you know, at the very end, it's exactly the same as the original with Burt Reynolds. Mm-hmm. Burt Reynolds is in the movie and he plays a different role. Yeah. Burt Reynolds is the Adam Sandler role. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And the movie, though, has its moments where fart jokes reign supreme. Yeah. Fart jokes or, or you know... Yeah. Um, no, no, you know no, what I'm I, saying? Like, yeah. Like the whole joke about... Is it Stone Cold that's in that one? Yeah. He, you know, he's got a giant Johnson. And that's the whole joke. No, no, that's Bill Goldberg. Oh, is that Goldberg? That's yeah, Goldberg. I knew it was one of the rest of yeah, 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 yeah. He, he's, he's got a big Johnson. Yeah. That's the joke through the whole movie. Mm-hmm. Those kind of like fart jokes are, they get tired at times. And I think that's the only thing that made me not want to say The Longest Yard was like one of his best movies. The, the thing about that that I like about it really is not, I don't, 
It's just a movie, eight long and short. Is it an Adam Sandler movie? Not so much. It, it was yeah. just neat to have all the athletes and people he brought into that movie. That's why people yes. liked it. They, it wasn't necessarily that. They just liked it because, like in the old movie, they, they brought in all kinds of different people into that movie, sports athletes. In this case, it's like wrestlers, celebrities. Like you had all kinds of people yes. doing this movie, and you knew if you knew anything about the original movie, you're like, oh, this is going to be cool because they're bringing in for both sides all these different people, whether it's, like I said, comedian, athletes, um, even the great fighters, anything, I, I and then even that. random like a rapper. Um. Was Randy Coacher in that one? No, no, he was in. That's Expendables. That's I know he was in Expendables. Yeah. I'm trying to think of all the wrestlers that were in the rest. The actual wrestlers yeah, was great like was uh, in it. Great Collie, Stone Cold, Goldberg. Um, one of them Kevin was, Nash. Kevin Nash is the big Kevin guy. Kevin Nash was one of the guards. Yeah, he was one of the guards. So was Stone Cold. Yeah, um, that's right. He then so you had some was. of the pro athletes, which is like Brian Bosworth. Um, um, uh, dang, who's the one guy? Michael Irving's in that. Yeah, Michael Irving. Uh, the, the guard, Nelly. the one real, the other mean real guard, but he was mean in real life, and I can't remember that guy's name. Dude, there's so many actors. Yeah, in that but movie. I mean, they got all these actors and all these sports guys, which is funny, you know. That and just like you said, wrestlers and it's just crazy. And then like you know, Bob Sapp, you know, yeah. which he was he's football player, fighter, like he's done a bunch. Like they just had all these crazy guys. I, I really enjoyed the, uh, that movie. I, I, the, some of the jokes took me out of the movie a little bit, but it was a great movie. After that, he did Click. Uh, we already talked about Click. It's it's an emotional movie. It made two hundred and forty million dollars. I did not know that. Wow, that made a lot of money yeah. for for the, how low budget that movie was. I figured I I heard people, that actually when that came out, that was so popular with people. I think that I, I that, that's why I didn't watch it at first because I was like, eh, oh, I spoiler see. alert, that's my favorite movie. Yeah, that's on this list of Adam Sandler movies. That's my favorite. Yeah, still is to this day. Uh, beyond that, he did uh, Rain Over Me in two thousand seven, another serious movie. What is that about? I don't I don't even, I never saw it. Okay, I don't know. But it was another serious movie. Like he steps away and does that. I, yeah. Uh, but in the same year he does Chuck and Larry. Oh. When he's yeah. the firefighter. Yeah. With Kevin James. Mm-hmm. And and this is when we see Kevin James step into like his new Rob Schneider. Yeah, I can you yeah, know what I mean? I like he's the new Rob Schneider where he's like constantly in or no no no, not even Rob Schneider. Alan Covert. He's like an yeah. updated he, he, like Alan when, when they When Alan Covert's either behind the scenes or something, they bring in Kevin James to take his place. Yeah, yeah. But right. Kevin James is a big-time actor. Yeah. And he, had, he was real popular from uh, King of Queens. And so he steps in, and, and everybody immediately recognizes him. Is that also... No, no, that's right. It's Kevin James. I was trying to think if it, who else he brought in, but it was mainly just... For Kevin Chuck James. and Larry? Yeah. Um, no, no it, it, his crew, that's... I was thinking something else. Like his normal crew? Yeah, like there's yeah, a lot of people. Yeah. Dan Patrick is in a lot of his yeah. movies anymore. They, they make these cameos. Uh, uh, Terry Crews is mm-hmm. in a lot of Adam Sandler movies. Uh, Vanilla Ice has been in a lot of Adam Sandler movies. Like yeah. These little high-profile, low-key cameos yeah. that people make. I like, uh, I like Chuck and Larry, though. It's a unique, it's a unique take. Mm-hmm. You just scratch your head. Like, where does he come up with this stuff? Like a gay firefighter trying to get pension, yeah. or like trying to get like a, you know, whatever it is. I don't remember exactly why he was. Well, because remember the um, his one guy, his Kevin James's wife dies, dies and they want to, 
is it health for one of the kids or something like something that? Something about health It's keeping his health care because of it. Yeah. And the only way to do it is to be married or whatever. Yeah. Chuck and Larry made $187 million. Pretty good. It's, it's yeah. pretty average for, for his movies. And then Zohan, you don't mess with the Zohan. That, that movie was so off the wall. That movie felt like a Netflix movie before Netflix. Exactly. Yeah. And that movie made $204 million. That was in 2008. That's also, so, it's such a crazy movie. That movie's nuts. And I think it and was then, his first time. It was the first time Adam Sandler could like flex his muscles and be like a badass. Uh-huh. And and it it was interesting. His um, what's his uh, the guy the bad guy in that John? What's it, I can never say his last name. I don't remember John. Oh, uh, John John Turturro. Turturro. Yeah, that's right. I love he him was in Mr. Having, Deeds with John Turturro. I've known him from other movies, and I've always liked him. Yeah, to ha- and then and to put him in these crazy character roles in Adam yeah. Sandler movies is awesome. I love it. Yeah, because John Turturro is is a serious actor, but yeah. but he plays like goofball characters in Adam yeah. Sandler movies. He was but, the butler in Mr. Deeds. Yep, uh, but he was also like the goofball federal agent in Transformers. Yeah. So his his like roles are all <laughs> over the place. <laughs> He's the, the the Jesus in Lebowski. Yeah, and you don't, you don't, the, the, the Jesus. <laughs> yeah, totally. I love, I that, forgot that he was, was the one. That. I think that's what makes me like Adam Sandler is who he gets to put in his movies because there's a lot of actors out there that oh, yeah. maybe a lot of people have seen him, but they don't really know their work. And like, that's one guy I, I like him. I saw him and he's done goofy, serious roles. And yeah. it's like, it's We crazy. didn't mention Click, uh, or like uh, about Click. Yeah. Christopher Walken yeah. is in Click. Like the high-profile people he gets in these movies are insane sometimes. And just think about that. And it's so funny. Like it seems like once Adam Sandler gets to know somebody and puts him in a movie, he can have him come do whatever. He could throw him in whatever movie he has his hands part of. You think he just like hangs out with him first? He probably does. Let's do a movie. I've seen. You know, if you ever seen interviews and stuff, he's probably really fun to hang out with. Yeah. So all these people meet him and like, great. Yeah, of course I'll do that movie. Bedtime stories I never saw. It's not bad. You should you can watch you should watch it with Josie. It'll okay, be awesome. okay. Two hundred and twelve million is what that one. It's goofy, but it, it's definitely a kid movie. So I mean, it's really it's got I, I some other adult it. stuff in it, but I just hadn't seen it yet. Yeah, so I I didn't see that one, but I did I did see uh, Funny People. That was the next one he did. A I, really different movie. Yeah, Funny People. I watched that and. I don't remember it. I did watch it. I remember some stuff on it's it. It's more about Seth Rogen, really, yeah. than anything. Do you, you know the only part I remember that movie for some reason is is it when is it Seth Rogen and Aziz Azari are cussing at each other, but they keep getting quieter about it. So I don't remember. Uh, yeah, that's very. That's the only thing I remember, and I for, I, I don't even remember because Adam Sandler it was was it was he he was in it right? Adam Sandler. Yeah, yeah, he's. Seth Rogen's a struggling comedian, and Adam Sandler is basically playing himself. Right. And he hires Seth Rogen to write some jokes for him. That's what it is. Yeah. Okay. And he gets I, tangled up in Adam Sandler's like depression, and he's got cancer, and like, gotcha. it's a really complicated plot. Yeah. That's what I said. I I know I've seen it. I just don't remember it. Yeah. Unfortunately, not that it's not. I'm saying it's a bad movie. I'm just saying memorable wise. I thought it was good. Yeah. I liked it a lot. Okay, but after that he goes back to his old old tricks. He does uh, Grown Ups one, and that made two hundred and seventy one million dollars. And he got he got to bring in Chris Rock. Yeah, now he, Chris, he Rock's Chris Rock's part Rock of his, his 
his part of his uh, stable. It was a really good. It was a really good uh, cast. They had yeah. uh, Rob Schneider, David Spade, Chris Rock, and uh, Kevin James. Mm-hmm. And then the female leads were incredible oh, as yeah. well. They, yeah. His wife was uh, Selma Hayek. Selma Hayek. That's right. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is a big grab. Yep. Really big Hollywood yeah. grab. Then you had Maya Rudolph. Yep. Maya um, Rudolph is hilarious. Kevin James' wife. What's her name? Uh, I cannot remember. Yeah, I don't remember her name. But she's she's, a, she's always like a supporting cast yeah, member. Yeah, yeah. But she's good. She's yeah. funny. Like like little bits in that movie kind of go back to how silly Adam Sandler is. Like like the kid yeah. that's three years old that still breastfeeds. Yeah. Like that. Like things like that. I I didn't really laugh at all yeah. at those parts. And I guess if you want to be honest about it, Adam Sandler movies kind of have a little bit of something for everybody now. Mm-hmm. Because now they have intelligent jokes, like mm-hmm. non-fart jokes. I, w- I would qualify the the breast milk thing as a, as a fart joke. I, I honestly believe, like, grown-ups, like you said, for everybody. So since he's a father and he's seen stuff, he's trying to, like, incorporate jokes maybe he made, mm-hmm. they made and stuff yeah, yeah, in front yeah. of the movie. So it's like, like we've always talked about, grown-ups is basically... If you took a video camera and recorded him with his buddies, that's how it would be. Yeah, and I feel like the other movies were somewhat scripted. And yeah. this movie, I, I feel like this is the first movie he did that he literally had like more than 50% of it was improv. Yeah. And they just, they rolled the camera and they, they will get what we can get. Yeah. They, I, there are mm-hmm. little plot points they had to hit along the way. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, did they go back to Milano, their trip to Milano oh, yeah, or yeah. not? But honestly, the basketball plot—we already beat this to death. It's—it's <laughs> it's stupid. Yeah. Like, there's no plot in this movie whatsoever. But it—it it worked because you wanted to see every one of those comedians, mm-hmm. and it was funny. But that's kind of the beginning of the end for me with him. And what I mean by that is, like, he really took a downturn in Hollywood at that time. Okay. Because he did just go with it, and it made 214 million dollars. That was the safe movie he did mm. with Jennifer Aniston. Yeah. And because he had Jennifer Aniston, I feel like. That carried the movie. At least it got people okay. out to the theaters. Like I said, I'm not even sure if I've seen that one. I it, know what it's about, but it's I just don't. It's not great. It's, yeah. it's, it's okay. We, we've already said it. It's okay. But then you get uh, uh, Jack and Jill and That's My Boy. Jack and Jill made 149 And I think what happened there is we, you had Al Pacino in that movie. Mm-hmm. And that movie should have killed. Yeah. But people got tired of his, like... I'll say it again, like Johnny Depp, like being a different character every movie, yeah. it got a little tired. Mm-hmm. And to be honest, Al Pacino sucked. He was terrible. <laughs> See, I, he was like I said, I terrible. don't remember that movie. I know I watched it once, but I, I don't remember it at all. He was basically playing himself. Yeah. Oh, he was playing him. Like legitimately, he yeah. was Al Pacino in the yeah. movie. And and that was a crazy look at what Al Pacino really is like. I I would imagine there's a little satire in it. He's obviously not that nutty, but yeah. It was it was it was weird. So then after that he did Hotel Transylvania. Mm-hmm. After that's my boy. That's my boy made fifty eight million and just bombed. I keep mentioning Hotel Transylvania. That was a genius move. Mm-hmm. Three hundred and eighty five million dollars that first one made. Mm-hmm. That's incredible for a cartoon. Oh yeah. I mean obviously there's a there's a market for cartoon movies. But it went up against other cartoon movies. It went up against Pixar. It went up against other mm-hmm. uh, um, DreamWorks animated. Like uh, It might have been a DreamWorks, but I don't remember which one he went under with that. But that was a brilliant move for him, I thought. But in between that, that's in between his like quasi-flops. Mm-hmm. Grown Ups 2 was next, and it made $246 million. 
actually made less than the first one, and it had more star power. Mm-hmm. So you add Taylor Lautner and you add a bunch of cameos to yeah, this movie. You got Shaquille, Shaquille O'Neal. Yeah, Shaq was of- in it. It, it, but it was a terrible movie. It, it's like they took everything from the first one, and, it, and it, they just dumped on it's it. Just, and that's one of my favorites of his. I Isn't that, that funny? It's just because... It's like the Napoleon Dynamite complex. Yeah, it's one of those things where like, I found myself liking movies that just basically had no story. It was just mass chaos, and it, was, it just makes you laugh. It kind of reminds me of Anchorman 2, just mass chaos. Or, or in a serious yeah. way, Crank. With Jason Statham. Yeah. yeah like just, how it's just, just a chaotic, ridiculous, stupid, yeah. Crank 2, yeah. actually, is more specific. Yeah. Like, they took the plot out of Crank, yeah. and they just said, well, we don't really need a plot for the second one. Let's just have yeah, sex, exactly. explosion, yeah. and adrenaline the entire time. And it was a terrible movie. Yeah. When it comes down to it, if you look at Grown Ups 2, there, there's no story. It's just a, hey, check out this home video of us playing around. and then, But then they put in stuff that... So ridiculous! The fight at the fight at the end when yeah. they're fighting the college kids—that is, it's like Anchorman. That's awesome. Yeah, it's exactly. like the end it of Anchorman. Is, where, it's so awesome. Where you just like bring all these stars in. Anchorman fight. Two, where, yeah. where just the ending of the movie is yeah. legitimately a thirty-minute nothing fight. Yeah, for and no reason. Just how many celebrities can we bring in how the many, fight? Yeah. And how how <laughs> stupid and off the wall can we get it? Anyway, going back to uh, where we were, he does Grown Ups Two, and I think that. That's one of those movies where the movie does well, but it's deceptive mm-hmm. because everybody wanted to see it, but then they realized how bad it was, mm-hmm. so it soured the next movie. Okay. So, like, Blended well, is the next movie, and it only made $127 million. Which is so... It sucks because it, it is It might have movie. been a good movie. I honestly... I think if people out there haven't seen it, see it. It's actually a really good movie. It's funny. It's, it's not, like, off-the-wall crazy, but it, and it's... It's almost like a funny chick flick, almost. Yeah. So, this is when when we get to That's My Boy. Mm-hmm. It was in 2012. And after that movie tanked, he was working with Sony mm-hmm. for that movie. And he pitched another idea to Sony. Because oh, Sony is the company, Sony Animation is the company that did the Hotel Transylvania. Okay. So, he's working with Sony for different movies. And this is when he... Uh, it's different from his Happy Madison, mm-hmm. I think. And, and they, he pitched another movie to them in 2014. And they were like, no. They said no. Mm-hmm. So this is what prompted him and his agent to have conversations with like other Hollywood places. And yeah. they like to decide, like, okay, what do we do next? Mm-hmm. And he, he landed at Netflix. This is when he, he signs the deal with Netflix. Yeah. His agent apparently had, I was reading about this, his agent pitched to him like, well, you know, it's a different market, and, and you could be ahead of the curve on these platforms yeah. if you just start signing movie contracts with them. And it was brilliant. Yeah. The first movie that came out was um, The Cobbler, and nobody nobody saw it. Mm. It made $6 million. Okay. It, 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 it's kind of skewed, though, because it wasn't in theaters, so it made no theater money. Yeah. It was Netflix money. Mm-hmm. But then he did Pixels, which was not a Netflix movie. That was a big budget movie with Peter uh, Dinklage yeah. and Kevin I, James. I, I, that one was another one. That I thought that was really good. It was good. It was funny. And it people was thought really, it was good. It yeah. was a redeeming movie for him. Yeah. It made two hundred and forty-four million. It was a neat concept, and yeah, the, the concept was cool. Yeah, and then so then he does Hotel Transylvania two, and he makes four hundred and seventy-four million dollars off of that movie. The people love that movie. Oh they, yeah, they love that movie. Oh yeah. 
I have all three of them. Yeah. And then we don't have numbers for the Ridiculous Six, the Do-Over, Sandy Wexler, and the Week Of. Because that's all his Netflix. Yeah. And the only one out of all those I've seen is the Ridiculous Six. And That's terrible. It, you know, for me, liking a lot of the goofiness that he normally does, mm-hmm. this was losing me. So according to the ratings, yeah. I looked at the Netflix ratings, um, The Ridiculous Six was a, a terrible movie. Mm-hmm. Like you said, it was, I, you, when you're telling me it's a terrible movie, it must yeah. be a terrible movie. That's how I feel about I, yeah, it. Yeah, and I feel bad saying that because I, I do like his form, but that, I don't know what, there was just, there was parts in it, like, that I liked. I can tell you there is stuff, and like, so it's not a totally, like, bomb movie for me, but it's not, it just didn't hold my attention. I, I got, it was so poorly advertised, but... What I'm saying is, like, now The Ridiculous Six is not even in the top 100 most viewed mm-hmm. movies on Netflix of all time. Yeah. But it had, like, a couple years where it was the number one. Mm-hmm. And, and what, I remember. What, what that yeah. does is it paved, it paved the way. Like, Netflix all of a sudden had the ability to bring in movies. Like, they started to to like negotiate and bring in like the Avengers yeah. and big budget movies and now all of a sudden Netflix is a Netflix, billion dollar yeah. multi-billion dollar I feel company. like what Netflix did is kind of showed that like normally you call them B movies because they never go to the theater they go right to DVD right right. Netflix actually gave that a, 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 a good, place to be a place to be a good platform so that's not so if your movie doesn't go either if you don't want to take you don't have to take a theater get on Netflix because You'll get just you get more viewers than you would in the theater, mm-hmm. you know, and you make money off of that too. We're gonna take a break. I'm tired of talking. We'll be back and we'll kind of wrap up our Adam Sandler conversation. Thanks for listening so far. Hey, Peter, what you doing? Listening to Movies and Chill with Zach and Dill. Oh, yeah? Listening to Perry Uppies talk about movies? Getting their opinions out there for all to hear? Discussing plot holes, issues, and continuity? Tearing down virtue signaling jokes with common sense? Yeah, they're all right. Welcome back to the podcast. We are wrapping it up here. Just got a few more bullet points here to talk about. Um, Really hitting on the Netflix movies. We were just talking about it off the break. Ridiculous 6 was the the start of that. um, Because The Cobbler, I think, was a different... It it was like a trial or something. But The Ridiculous 6 was the first big movie for his deal. Mm -hmm. It was a four-picture deal. Mm -hmm. So then he did The Do-Over, Sandy Wexler, and The Week Of. And you were talking about the week of. Because yeah, I didn't see the other ones, but I did watch the week of. And I only got through an hour of yeah. it. I couldn't get it's, through it. I'll tell you what I think about it. Yeah. So it's like he, he liked the tone and feel of Spanglish. Mm-hmm. And he tried to make it it's his comedy. Yeah. And it didn't work at all. That That's how I feel about it. I want to say this. Okay. So Adam Sandler's career yeah. is not in trouble. No, not at all. He paid up front for these movies. Mm-hmm. And he's got a cartoon franchise that has made him over a billion dollars. Yeah. So Hotel Transylvania is his best movie grossing like yeah. the the amount of money it made worldwide. Yeah. It made 528 million dollars. Yeah. 
it made a half a billion dollars for a cartoon that is insane i don't know my my thought on the whole thing is i feel like he's a place in his life he's just trying stuff out and they're having fun doing it and sure. he doesn't have to worry about it he's not worried about it because he why I'm, should he have to yeah and i'm not like and i think that's if great. anything i'm jealous like that, if like, i could yeah. do what i did oh, in my, yeah. my own job my own job yeah. like i look at my job yeah. if i half-assed my job mm-hmm. i get fired he half-asses his job and he gets a half a million yeah. dollars or, uh, I'm sorry, half but, a billion But the dollars. thing of it is, is I feel like he's one of those people that actually knows that he gets paid to have fun. Yeah. And even if the movie's serious, you know they're having a blast. And he does not care. And it doesn't matter what comes out of it. Everybody he'll everybody there will get paid and yeah. whatever. Rounding out his list at this point, I haven't seen Murder Mystery. but just I, just I heard f- that was good, too. Well, here's how good. Right. So, Netflix, 83 million views of murder mystery in the first week. And that's how they that's mm-hmm. how they kind of quantify. Yeah. Netflix quantifies views as opposed to tickets because it's a different kind of thing obviously. Yeah. I don't have to explain that to most people I wouldn't think. Yeah. People on Netflix, the Adam Sandler movies, mm-hmm. the people have seen it a total of 228,000 years worth. <laughs> That's that's yeah. a quantified yeah. stat. Uh, or to break that down, two billion hours wow. of view time. He's doing something right. Yeah, People are coming back. So mm-hmm. as much as you might hate Adam Sandler, don't like him, there is a draw. And, and I would probably be doing a disservice if we didn't mention uh, Uncut Gems. That made uh, $50 million. Off of what was it? What did I say it was? 12, 12 million? You said like 12 million. Something budget. Yeah. Like it was a very small budget, but. Or 19 or something like that. Oh, yeah, yeah. I think it was 19. 19 million, yeah. Yeah. It, it, it was a small budget and they made a little bit of money. Mm-hmm. I think it was a circumstance of a turbulent world stage situation. Mm-hmm. So I don't know that it necessarily was as bad as the numbers showed. And you said what? That it was it was getting good reviews. I, from I was hearing. I was even getting from people. This was actually other comedians and other podcasts. They would just mention Adam Sandler and be like, "Man, have you seen that movie?" And like, you know, this is people. You know, I'm hearing people that are, these guys are all about comedies and stuff like that. And he's this is a serious role, and they're saying how good it is, and they're not going to be. You know, they're going to be critical about it because they always are. So, and I'm I haven't seen it. I'll be honest, I haven't mm-hmm. seen it yet. It's on my to do list. I want to see it because I actually think he looks really gritty in that movie. Mm-hmm. And I would definitely be into watching Adam Sandler act like that. I, I've liked his serious roles. You've liked his serious roles. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And, and we have to mention uh, the newest one is The Wrong Missy. He's in that for like a cameo, but oh. he's not really in that movie. It's, it's a David Spade movie. <laughs> he's he's a comic genius. And yeah. I, think, I think that he's underrated in a lot of ways because of how bad some mm. of his movies are. Yeah. But I think that Mel Brooks is the same way. I think that yeah. Mel Brooks made some absolutely hilarious movies. Oh, yeah. And then some of them were flops. Mm-hmm. Some of them were not funny at all. Mm. So people have a split opinion of Mel Brooks, too. But I think both Mel Brooks and Adam Sandler have their own style of comedy that they... That they don't care. They don't yeah. care if you like it or not. They're putting their their brand yeah. in in I, front of you. I feel like with them, like most people will get established, and then they'll make the movies they want to make. They yes. put them out right away. Right. This is what I want to make. 
I don't want to wait. I'm going to do it now. So, like, Mel Brooks did that with movies. And people were like, it, it's crazy to think at the time when he put out Blazing Saddles that around all those other Westerns yeah. that, like, it, I don't know. I have no idea how it was, you know, handled at the time. But okay. people talk about it all the time. Right. All the time. Okay. Give me, because we got to have, like, lists in yeah. every podcast or people will lose their mind. <laughs> give me, give me uh, a top three of your favorite Adam Sandler movies. They can be um, funny, serious, doesn't matter. Give me your top my, three. I thought about that when you brought that question up online, and I had to think about it for a while to really, like, I can watch some There's of the movies, of but seriously, seriously, I out of all of his movies, the one I probably watched the most when I had the chance to watch it is Punch Drunk Love. Okay. Because I just liked it. That's your number one? Yeah, I'd say that's my number one. Number two, yeah, it's probably Happy Gilmore, just because that was just... I mean, I a lot of them are funny, but that one really stu- sticks out. Mm-hmm. And then third one, or, that's a tough... It's tough, because there's a lot that are about the same. Honestly, I'd have to say Bulletproof. Okay. I liked... Uh, I Just that... Two of those three I need to see. I think my top three are all in his early career, I mm-hmm. think. Um, number three is probably Spanglish. I really like that movie. Probably in the same way you like Punch Drunk Love. I like Spanglish too. That'd be number four. It's the four. same kind of thing. That'd be number four if I had a fourth. Okay. So that's that's my number three. I, uh. I really love that movie. I think there's there's layers to that movie mm-hmm. that he doesn't have in any of his other movies. Um, from there though, like my favorite two movies, I'm really struggling with this. Click and Big Daddy are both like really good. I think I think I want to put Click at number one and Big Daddy number two. Okay, that's good because earlier in the podcast you said Click was your favorite movie, and it is. Like yeah. when I think about it instantly, like Click is my favorite movie. I like it. I like it a lot. Big it has Daddy. everything you need. The only the only drawback is I don't I don't necessarily like the opportunities he takes to make something funny when it doesn't need to be. Okay, he does that in Click a lot. So we had a. Um, I'm trying to do this one fan question every every podcast. Okay. And I'm springing this on you. All right. I, I wanted this to be authentic, so you didn't have time to think about it. Okay. The random question of the week from the fan: What is the best superhero song from any movie? Oh, I like that. I'm not talking about like the Avengers theme song. No, no, no. I, like, so like you're song talking song from a superhero movie that somebody like an artist did or something yeah. like that. Yeah, I'll give you mine. All right. Since it's not fair that I had time to think about it, that's okay. So um, I know you're gonna laugh at me, but Nickelback has always been a hilarious side joke for you and I, like in how much they sell out and and have sold out. I, just go ahead. But the movie Spider-Man the had the song called "Hero." Yeah. And he does it with someone else. It's the uh, one guy from Saliva. Saliva. That's yeah. right. Uh, is it Corey Taylor? No, that's no, he slipped Yeah, that's Slipknot. But yeah, the guy just was, call him the guy, the saliva. The guy from Saliva, the Saliva uh, guy. Saliva. Um, that song, is, Chad Kroger and Saliva. Yeah, Chad Kroger and the Saliva guy <laughs> sing "Hero." That was my probably the best superhero song uh, that I have. I really just because I'm having a hard time thinking of movies. I really like uh, Soundgarden because they just came back and they did a song for the Avengers. Okay. They, they did a song, but they put it. The main thing pushed was the Avengers movie. I like that song. A I never lot. heard it. It's at the end. It rolls over the credits. Oh. 
I'll have to go back and listen to yeah, it. Yeah, you have to listen. It's a really good song. I, it, I like it stands out in my head. So right there, it's, is it the best? I don't know. That's the first one I can think of. When you, when you said that, that was the first song that popped in my head because it, I don't know. It's just something about it. It was a good, because it pops on right after Thanos comes in the picture. Oh. Oh, man. It's a, it, it was oh, really, like that, you're talking like Infinity War. No, or are you no, talking no. Endgame? The first time, the first time, no, Ventures. Oh, the first event. Oh, I guess when he you does first make see him because he smiles. Yeah, Remember, he, he turns back and smiles. That that song plays after that. And I don't know for some reason it got me really pumped about after that. I don't know why. Okay, I got another one. Okay, this will be. Um, that's a good one. Yeah. Uh, the, the one I thought of though, this is not necessarily a superhero movie, mm-hmm. unless you consider Neo from the Matrix a superhero, which I do. Totally. Yeah. I kind of do. It's. Uh, Rage Against the Machine, the yeah. song that plays at the, at the fir- end of the end Matrix of the first one. when he starts flying. Yeah, that is the. Oh yeah. my gosh, I get goosebumps thinking about that moment. Yeah. Like, it's insane. I don't even remember what the song's called, but it, it's an incredible song. It's yeah, I know what you're talking about. That's a really good question. I like that. Right, and I want to, I want more questions. I want yeah. people to keep asking questions because I think that's fantastic. We're going to incorporate fan questions. Uh, I want to do some more skits and things, and yeah. as we wrap up, I I, I want to continue to thank everybody for supporting us as we figure out our groove uh zach and dill get their groove back whatever you want it's only going to improve so oh yeah we're we're getting better we'll work on it we're going to get to a point where these will be they'll come out faster and be smoother we just we're still working on it silky smooth yeah uh i think we can probably end it there we've we've done enough you you got a lot of things to do in your drive so Mm. enjoy yourself out there wherever you are listening in a bunker whatever Uh, we'll see you next time see y'all hey guys thanks so much for listening in on the podcast we had a blast hope you did too special thanks to my man Sean McRoberts for the music also for our new producer Emma Sonnenberg also want to thank our fans one more time you guys are awesome we've been really killing it with the listens keep it up we love you